make sure that every post you make has either a graphic or a video. Literally every one. It'll double your engagement right there. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Our co-host today is Kamanzi Constable from KamanziConstable.com. Aloha, Kamanzi. Aloha and all my fellow friends from Star of the Doubts and, of course, my bestie, Jared. <laughs> Thanks. And uh, today is exciting because we're welcoming back people who've been on the show before and an exciting new book's coming out called The Art of Social Media, Power Tips for Power Users by Peg Fitzpatrick and Guy Kawasaki. They really don't need an introduction since they've been guests on the show before. But the book offers 100 practical tips, tricks, and insights. Guy and Peg present a ground-up strategy to produce a focused, thorough, and compelling presence on the most popular social media platforms. They guide you through the steps of building your foundation, amassing your digital assets, going to market, optimizing your profile, attracting more followers, and effectively integrating social media and blogging. Peg and Guy, it is a pleasure to have you on the show again. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Was I your first guest, Jared? Uh, you were one of my first guests, oh, Peg. Shoot, come on. That I was your <laughs> first one. My first cool guest. How okay, about that? okay. <laughs> totally lost the moment now. But yes, thank you for having me again. <laughs> my pleasure. Okay, so we're going to do some icebreakers here. So we're going to start off with true or false. And we'll, we'll give the first one to Guy, uh, but we're not doing favoritism, Peg. But uh, <laughs> Guy's going to go first. So this is true or false, Guy. Yeah. Social media guru is an oxymoron. True or false? True. No question. True. Would you be willing to give us a short explanation? <laughs> <laughs> have a true and false answer? Ooh, this yeah, is be yeah. Tough one. <laughs> uh, it's because social media has so many variables, so many things moving at once that, you know, whatever mood Mark Zuckerberg wakes up in or Matt Cuts at Google or who knows at Pinterest or, you know, whatever, everything is changing so fast. And lots of people, I think, cannot separate correlation from causation. So, you know, at an extreme example, somebody posts something, you know, right after they drank a Diet Coke and it goes viral and they say, oh, from now on, I'll drink a Diet Coke before I post anything because, you know, that caused it to go viral. So I, I think that kind of stuff happens all the time. So a very good test, I think, is you should never take the advice of someone who has fewer followers than you. Oh, your most controversial <laughs> advice. Sit right that, at the beginning. Guys I know, it now. just pisses people off when I say that because, but what I, you know, let me just explain a little more. So yeah. I always see these people who work at quote unquote digital agencies or ad agencies and they're telling their Fortune 500 clients, you know, the optimal number of times to post once per day is to post on Facebook is once per day. And you ask them, how do you know this? And they say, well, I just know it, you know, because some t once we posted two times and we got less clicks per post. And, you know, so they think it's a like true science. And then you ask them, well, do you use Facebook or Twitter or Google Plus or Pinterest or Instagram yourself? And they say, no. And I say, so you're telling me you're telling Fortune 500 brands how many times to post, how to post, all that. But you have 50 followers. Am I getting that correctly? And after that, they usually shut up. <laughs> and guy i would add i find that when somebody finds something that works they pass it along and then the next person sees it they pass along it gets passed along like it's truth <laughs> well yeah what can i say <laughs> so so peg here's a true or false for you this book is for the person who wants to see a return on investment of social media from power users who wants to see a return on investment yes 
Ah, that's a tough one. We don't really talk about ROI because Guy and I both come from the hard work gets you everywhere you want to go in life model. And there's really no ROI on how hard you work. It's just you work really hard and good things happen. So I'll say, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> Is there <laughs> ROI? What do you think, Guy? False? Is there an ROI on social media? There's absolutely a huge ROI on social media. But I mean, you know, of course we wouldn't spend all our time doing it. So yeah, uh, true. (laughs) I mean, I mean, you know, it begs the question, you know, what's the underlying question? Because I could make the case is, you know, is there an ROI on a Super Bowl commercial? Um, You know, can Doritos prove that the next day they sold more chips if Boeing runs an ad for the new 797 or, you know, 8007, does the next day do orders flow in for airplanes from Emirates Airlines? You know, when you buy a new conference room table for your board of directors room, is there an ROI? When your president flies and makes a speech at a conference, do you see an ROI? I mean, shit, if you use the ROI test, we'd never do anything. <laughs> That being so said, it. we do believe that, that social media can impact your sales and marketing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I said. <laughs> so, Guy, I have a question for you, true or false. <laughs> Photo attachments for posts in Pinterest, LinkedIn, and Facebook should be the same size. Uh, f- false. Everyone has an optimal size, but you know, I, I will tell you that any graphic is better than no graphic. All right, so guy, does it increase the engagement? Let's just say for Facebook, if you post a picture versus just text, does the image allow less people to see it? Allow less people to see it? I think less people on your friends list. Okay, so this is a really, really complex question. I hope you yeah. realize the complexity of what you're saying. So, <laughs> so specifically, now Pig might correct me if I got this wrong, but it's so complex. This is why there's no experts. Okay, so. I and Peg, I think we agree on this, that of course, we're going to be very specific in this answer. For Facebook, if you have posted two ways, one way will be markedly better. So on Facebook, if you post and you manually add a picture and the link to the source is above the picture in the part that you write the little introduction to the curated post, Okay, if you do it that way, so you manually added a big picture versus on Facebook again only, if you let the link to the source bring in the photo via Facebook and post that photo and you remove the link from above there, then that is far better. Facebook only. Did I get that right, Peg? It keeps, yes, but it does keep changing with Facebook. They're trying to get away it seems like they're trying to get away from having people post like the quote graphic meme kinds of things. So they keep changing and they are favoring still images sometimes when they're embedded. Facebook hasn't come out and said, you know, don't do this or don't do that. So it is tricky. We always have images on our Facebook posts on my page, guys page, because they just get more interaction. And it's the same with Google Plus. Regardless of what any algorithm tells you, you can just tell which of your posts are more more popular, and they ours always have images. Interesting. All right, so Peg, this is the last true or false, and it is about images. Uh, A person's profile picture on social media should be symmetrical. 
No. <laughs> That's a false. I learned that in Enchantment from Guy Kawasaki. <laughs> Good answer. It's called the rule of thirds. <laughs> yeah, it's the rule of thirds. But I did read about it in Enchantment first. So, Guy, um, we're going to do a finish this sentence now. Okay. All right. <laughs> I thought we already were doing that. <laughs> so, the ideal webcam headshot and lighting rig that is best for broadcasting video chats on google plus is wow well you know it depends on how you define the word ideal right i think the standalone logitech camera i can't tell you i have the model number memorized right now is the best camera i use a logitech i'm on it right now a logitech uh, usb microphone and headphone system but i you know i think the the better answer to your question is that Thinking that whatever is built in to your laptop, i.e. camera and microphone, is optimal is wrong. That if you're truly going to do webinars and truly do hangouts on air and truly do these kind of things, you need to invest in you know a specific external camera. You need to have a headset with a microphone. You need to invest. You need to get lights in your office. You need to spend about a thousand bucks if you really want to do it, you know, right. If you don't care, then you know, use that piece of shit Windows laptop that you have. I don't care. <laughs> so, so guy, I should tell you, I used to do a lot of webinars. Yeah. And when I first moved here to Maui, like I wanted people to see where I was at and to see the palm trees and that. So I, I did them outside, and yeah. uh, the first few went great. But then, like the next few after that, there was always neighborhood kids, uh, shirtless neighborhood kids running through <laughs> while I'm on the live webinar. <laughs> yep. I would not do that. But also, by definition, there, probably the light is coming from behind you, right? When you do that. Yep. yep. So, yep. you know, not optimal. No, definitely so, not. So, a peg has an optimal ideal webcam setup because she recently posted a video on YouTube of her unboxing the new book. <laughs> and so, Peg, uh, for you, what was it like for you to see your name on the cover of the physical book for the first time? I totally freaked out. I'm glad I made a little video of it because I was really <laughs> excited. Now I can relive it whenever I want on YouTube. <laughs> um, it, it was amazing. I am a lifelong reader. Reader has Reading has been my favorite thing since I picked up a book when I was little, I used to walk to the library by myself and carry home as many books as I could. And I think I was like six. I don't know why my mom let me do it, but she was back in the day when I guess it was safe for your little kids to wander around with books. So for me to have an actual book with my name on it, it's a huge thing. Plus, I just really, really love this book. Guy and I have a great time working together and, you know, having it turned into this awesome pro this awesome project topping off all the other millions of awesome projects that we do. <laughs> it's exciting. So it's hard right. to explain it. <laughs> One of the quotes that the book opens up with, it's a Hitchhiker's Guide series. It says, the quality of any advice anybody has to offer has to be judged against the quality of life they actually lead. So, Guy, would you be willing to explain the purpose of this quote and how it pertains to social media? Well, that was a subtle way of me telling you that most social media experts are bullshit. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, the way you should interpret that is, okay, so if you're listening to some expert tell you how to be engaging and how to succeed in social media and blah, 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 and you look at this miserable person with 50 followers and he's like, she's like trolling and, and getting into arguments and all that kind of stuff, you have to ask yourself now, why would I listen to someone who has a life like that? 
That's what I'm saying. But I, you know, Peggy has like tried to make me more subtle in my old age. <laughs> so, it's really hard. That's yeah, it's a that's a freaking full time job. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so guy, yeah. Guy, let me ask you a question because I got into this. There's a lot going on in the news right now in a lot of different situations, and a lot of them aren't positive. Mm-hmm. Do you completely stay away from that stuff? Like, stay away from the political stuff, stuff that you know is going to just drain you to get into that conversation? Well, no, sometimes he posts that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, no, I, Piggy, you, I mean, you make it sound like I'm no, trolling. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm yeah. kidding. I was kidding. Um, <laughs> let's just say I, I feel strongly about a few things, and I'm not willing to take a lot of crap for it. I mean, I am willing to take crap, and I am willing to create controversy. So, you know, sometimes I wake up in the morning and, you know, I read that the NRA says the way to reduce violence in schools is to give every teacher a gun. You know, I just cannot wrap my mind around that. I just can't, like, sit still and say, so you're telling me that you want teachers to, like, get there in the morning, work all day, prepare lessons, and carry, a, you know, 44 so that if one in a billion chance of some nutcase comes into the school, they're going to whip out their 44 Magnum, blow the kid away. And, you know, back to normal. Like, I can't wrap my mind around that. So I can't leave that kind of stuff alone. And, you know, when somebody goes up and says that, you know, that, that global warming is a myth, and I, yeah, I, I can't leave those things alone. And I know that, you know, the conservatives are going to attack me and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, like, I use it as kind of mental exercise. I like taking people on every once in a while. <laughs> and what, you what, do what? always keep in mind that you work with brands and you're conscious of, Guy doesn't just post things to be controversial, like like a you know just to drive traffic. Like it's not that kind of thing. It is things that Guy feels passionate about. The last election was a perfect example. You know, you had a strong opinion, and you want you were like, should I share this? And you actually thought about it for a couple of days before you did. But I did do it. <laughs> you did do it. You, you, here's the thing about that that most people don't think about. It's a lot bigger responsibility when you have millions, literally millions of people following what you say. It's a lot different than just posting something on your Facebook wall for your friends and family. So true. You know, the other <laughs> thing is I also I want to interject into my stream because some of it is automated and some of it is virtual. You know, Other people are posting for me. But I also want to make sure that people understand that, you know, like it or not, Guy does express his real opinion. So the people who post for me and some automated stuff, they would never, ever touch something like the NRA or women's rights or, you know, Sarah Palin not having a passport but thinks she can run the country, you know, these kinds of things. So they would never do that. But Guy doesn't hesitate. And so I want people to like, I also do this when I post pictures where I travel around the world. You know, that cannot be virtualized. That cannot be fake. That's, you know, that's me, right? So I like to throw a lot of that in there so that I want people, if they follow me, they just never know what to expect. Like I was in Australia and I get to this hotel really late and I wake up in the morning and I see that there's a mirror above my bed. And I said, like, wow, <laughs> this is in a casino in the Gold Coast, right? So I said, now, man, this could be the ultimate selfie. So I took a picture of me laying in bed, fully clothed, of course. And I, you know, so Thankfully. like, yeah, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I, I don't think Virgin America or Procter & Gamble or Cadbury is posting selfies in a mirrored bed. But I want to do this so people just never know what to expect.
So this brings up a good question. This is for you, Peck. <laughs> Should companies outsource their social media work to a digital marketing agency or like put interns in charge of it? Mm. <laughs> That's a double-edged question there. Okay, so I'll answer it this way. I feel like if you need help with your social media, that you should get help with your social media. But before you choose to have someone else doing your social media, you should look at their social media to see what they do. Are they posting great content? Are they getting a lot of engagement? Do they have thousands and thousands of people following them on Twitter? If they have 150 people following them on Twitter and they have five tweets, then why would you hire that person to do your social media? I do think that there are people that need help, like Mr. Kawasaki, for example. You know, he's busy. But honestly, I wouldn't recommend agencies. I think if you can find an independent person to work with you, they can really get the flavor of who you are and what you want to do with your social media. I think that's much better than trying to go with an agency who it seems like takes three times as long and charges four times as much. That's my opinion. And interns, uh, I say, if you can find someone awesome that you can work with, amen. My daughter's in college, and she's a computer science major, and she helps me do stuff. And I love working with her. And I, she loves YouTube and Tumblr, so those are not my favorite, so it helps me a lot. <laughs> I think the dangerous thing about interns is that the concept that a young person who is on Facebook and Vine and Snapchat obviously no social media so we'll just let that person handle our brand oh. i think that is a really you know stupid thing that would be as stupid as this person is 50 years old so we should obviously let them manage our bank account because they know what they're doing i mean that is just as dangerous and stupid <laughs> so good so, example yeah exactly <laughs> for example me so, <laughs> so i would let you manage my money yeah well <laughs> Okay, you have in a sense. So, uh, <laughs> I stand by what my recommendation is. You know, that being said, you could have an intern who would be amazing. It's not that all agencies are bad or all interns are bad, but an I was have a client who, well, they're not my client, but it's somebody who does social media and they have hired their child who is a college graduate to do it. And this person isn't interested in social media at all. And she's a digital native. She's like 23, has a college degree. And she's like, oh, I hate Facebook. I always forget to go check it. And she's responsible for their company's Facebook presence, Instagram, and Twitter. And she doesn't like it at all. So just age does not preclude love for something nor knowledge of it. All right, so, so let's chat for a minute about what happens with <laughs> We're various brands. We're overwhelming Jared with our answers, guys. Like, <laughs> no, I, I'm a fan. I, this is interesting. You know, Jared, you just you need to be open and transparent, and you need to engage. How's that? Have you ever heard that before? <laughs> Guy, I was going to ask you to manage my money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but well, you should first check if I have more money than you, because if I don't, you shouldn't let me manage your money, right? Well said. That's, All right. that's why I let you manage mine, guys. <laughs> I know you have more than I do. <laughs> All right. So sometimes companies get it wrong. There's various brands that have tried social media strategies and they've experienced major backfires. So, Guy, what is your recommendation to the listeners who attempt a social media strategy and it backfires? Well, you may find this answer somewhat surprising, but I don't think that backfires are necessarily so bad. 
and that you know at least if something backfires at least you're trying at least you're going to learn something right so the example i like to cite is you know in like take a nightmare a nightmare like you had a musician's guitar and you broke it in baggage and you refused <laughs> to replace it so the guy wrote a song called united breaks guitars and you know a hundred million people watch that and oh my god this is like the worst case social media problem ever right viral great song all about your airline being crappy and handling baggage okay <laughs> do you think that moved the needle at all for united's reservations not at all i mean do i fly on united every day i mean so you know that's like the worst case right so I, I think people kind of need to chill out that, yeah, you can make mistakes. And like a week later, I'll give you a great example. So during the Boston Marathon. Oh, no. What? Should I tell this or not? <laughs> no, go ahead. It happens. Okay. So during the Boston Marathon bombing, okay, which is a tragedy, okay. So I have tweets scheduled like 32 hours in advance, all right, because, you know, that's the way I roll. And so some of those tweets, shall I say, were not somber and serious during this tragedy. So some social media experts called me out. I said, guy, you know, how dare you tweet something like this that's not about this tragedy? This whole nation is in a state of tragic concern. And so, you know, that's the kind of thing that happens. That could be a big social media problem. Or it could turn into basically the guy ranting to himself. So I, I think social media is a very forgiving place and there's so much action that, you know, even if somebody writes a song about you that 100 million people listen to, it's not clear to me it's going to do you permanent damage. Not the answer you expected, huh? <laughs> uh, no. Sometimes people feel they need to respond, though, I, but I get it, yep. I so, actually did respond. That was interesting. That was like four super stressful days for me. And Guy was like, I'm going to hockey. I'm going to hockey. It's fine. I was like, no, it's horrible. That was just another instance of Guy being right. So I think you know, the message is always keep experimenting. Yes, you'll make mistakes. Yeah, so what? the end of the world, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, okay, so a, a more dialed back example of this is that I, through an automated process, repeat my tweets three or four times. Exact same tweet, three or four times, eight hours apart, Okay. And it means that basically we get three or four more times the click-throughs than if we had one tweet. Unfortunately, there are some people that this pisses off because they sit there for eight hours and one minute and they see a tweet repeated. And they think, oh my God, in the internet where everything is supposed to be designed exactly specifically for you because you are entitled, right? They are just appalled. How dare guy enter my tweet stream twice in eight hours with something identical, wasting my valuable time. And there are a handful of people that, you know, go off like this. And my response to them is, if you have seen me repeat a tweet eight hours apart, you need a life. This is your problem, not mine. And they just can't relate to that. And, you know, so here we have a very rational choice. I can either get 10,000 clicks or I can get 2,500 and if I get 10,000 clicks, I'll piss off 20 people and if I get 2,500 clicks, I won't piss off 25 people. Which one do you think we choose? <laughs> now, the funniest thing about that advice, Guy, is I think 
when I researched that on the internet, wasn't it like 2008 or nine that you wrote about that? I was saying that before Twitter was created. Yeah. And so at the time and since then, everybody's like, oh my gosh, now 2014, a few people have decided to test your theories besides you. And they're like, wow, this really works. (laughs) It's funny. Like, why did you wait so long to try it? You know, experimenting and finding what works for you is best. Sometimes you can take someone else's thing and it saves you a bunch of time and experimentation yourself. Well, we do that. We take other yeah. people's stuff and try it. Of course. But, you know, I, what we're trying to communicate is that you shouldn't listen to really anybody, not even us, okay? But just try <laughs> stuff. I mean, okay, so now you heard me say that, okay, so, so what people should do if they're listening to this and they have like some curiosity and really want to optimize things, they should say, okay, guys, so we're going to take an identical tweet. We're going to use uh, four different bit.ly links so we can track how many people click on each link. We're going to tweet it out four times, eight hours apart, right? So th- over 32 hours, we're going to tweet it out four times identically with four different bit.ly links. And let's see. Let's see if guys write. Do we get X and then X and then X and then X? So we got 4X. Or does it go X and then X minus 500, X minus 1,000, X minus 2,000? So by the fourth time, nobody clicks on it. Just try the experiment. I don't care if you prove me wrong, but at least try it. Don't just say, oh, the social media expert at this digital agency with 50 followers said the optimal number of times to tweet is one. Okay? Because God did not tell that to Moses who told it to her. I promise you. <laughs> so, so uh, one, ca- one caveat to what Guy is saying is that he tweets a lot of content. So if you look at his Twitter stream, you don't see one tweet and then eight hours the same exact tweet. So this isn't a balanced diet of social media content. If you retweet, if you reshare something more than once, it's totally fine. Yeah, There's a Peg, lot of content in between there. But Peg, I mean, seriously, who in the world, I mean, how often do you think someone goes and clicks on a person's name in Twitter and looks at his entire Twitter stream? That's See, we, a, we differ on that because I yeah. actually do that. Yeah. What I'm looking for, yes, I do. Jared, do you ever do that? It depends if it's someone that I'm learning from and that I think oh, you know, Jer- is, is modeling success. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, Jared and yeah. I are <laughs> So I would read all Peg's tweets, yes. He does read all my tweets and all my blog posts. That's okay, Jared. You can keep doing that. I'm just kidding. No, but what, I, what I'm saying is you still want to share other stuff other than just your own content. Sure. Aside, you know, that's just to add that into the mix. It's not just that you share only that one tweet every eight hours. You have a lot of great stuff you share with that, right? Who, me? Yes, you. Last time I checked. Yes, yes, you do. (laughs) So, Peg, Guy said something interesting earlier, and I want to piggyback off of that a little bit. You connected with Guy, and I'm sure some other very cool people. Would you tell somebody that's trying to build their business, build an online presence, that connecting with an influencer is a good strategy? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I have to say, though, it's that is never a strategy of mine. I connected with Guy on Twitter because I was hosting a book club about enchantment. So my goal wasn't, I want to connect with Guy Kawasaki. I actually tweeted because I wanted to have a book club with my friends and talk about Guy's book. And I never actually thought he was going to respond to my tweet. I was just like, yay, I'm having a book club. Let's all come and talk about enchantment. And the first person that responded happened to be Guy. (laughs) 
So I have to say, I am not somebody who, I do connect with a lot of great people. I think that's because I am naturally a connector. Like I love, and I have learned from so many people, which is part of how I've connected. And doing book club and reading all these people's books, I connected with a lot of the authors of the books. But I don't think I am, so I don't go out of my way to connect with influencers. And I'm always wary of that because I've had a couple people who, you know, have like, influencer stalked me in a bad way. And they just in that I just I'm wary of the practice because of some people are abusing it. But I think it's great to connect with people that you can learn from whether they have more followers than you or less followers than you. I don't necessarily look at people as influencers is like people that I want to connect with. Does that make sense? Makes sense. I do it. I just, do it all I, the time. You would connect with influencers? Shit, yeah. you know okay so peggy's obviously a better person than i am but i don't think so but you know what it's not whether you try to connect with an influencer towards some purpose you know promoting yourself or your product or your service it's how you do it that's the question yeah and so this done right is an art Mm-hmm. This done wrong is a travesty. So mm-hmm. I'm, I think the debate is over whether you should suck up to influencers. The question is how to suck up to an influencer. We could write a whole book on that. But so, well, uh, we I, could, I, but I don't I know. know. That would be a great title, How to Suck Up to Influencers. Yeah. Uh. And, and I realize we went a little bit long here, but let me ask you this, Guy. How many, like, how many people try to connect with you? And, like, a, a day uh, or a minute? Per day, or per day about, oh, man, like, you know – Two, three, four, five a day or so. And so, you know, the next logical question is, so which ones, when does it work, right? Yes. Okay. So I'll give you some instances when it works, which is, I like to see, okay, every day I get several that say, dear, you know, dear Gary, (laughs) as you know, engagement, transparency, and openness is important in social media. My client, Joe Blow of Blow Industries has written a book, How to Give Good... I won't say that. How to be... How, how, to, be, how to be successful the blow away. We are scheduled for publishing with Simon & Schuster in the fall. He would love if you would write a blurb for him or review his book. Okay? That I just throw away. And... It's do, because, do the do the one all right, what, after this one, after what? this one do the one where the guy where the guy said this thing saying how much you helped him and <laughs> well, let's not get into that so <laughs> so what lacks here is that if you thought about it so Trixie not to make I don't want to be misogynist or you know sexist but Trixie or Biff who wrote this heartfelt pitch to me has no clue who I am. I don't know, you know, they just got my email address and they're, you know, they're writing to me like, you know, as you know, social media is important. That would be like writing to, I don't know, Michael Jordan saying, as you know, Michael, basketball is popular in the United States. And so it's so stupid that I just can't handle it. So, okay, so that's the negative where you obviously don't know who I am, haven't done any research, whatever. It's just, you know, it's just one of 2000 you sent out that day. So those don't work. So the ones that work are something like, this is the art of the suck up. So it has to be like, <laughs> you know, God, I know that you love hockey and I played at the University of Michigan. So I could tell that, you know, I agree with you. Hockey is the world's greatest sport. And I happen to be representing Joe Blow, also a hockey enthusiast. And he wrote a book called The Blow Away. 
you know, that would get through. At least the guy figured out that I like hockey. Another would be, I attended your speech at the Gartner thing, and by far it was the best keynote of the event. And I just, you know, I just wanted to reach out and thank you for, you know, a very entertaining one hour. And by the way, my client has written a book called The Blow Away. And, you know, if you're interested, let me know. That would get through. So it's just like, you know, give it like 10 minutes of effort. And so you're and, talking and about... They, and go back again to enchantment because you have a great section in there on how to send an email that gets read. Yeah. And, so, I, and I use that too. <laughs> so I think the most important part of the email is the subject line, right? And so I have to see a subject line that somehow tells me this person did the homework. Like, you know, I saw your speech at Gartner or I saw your speech at AdTech or, you know, something. I mean, crying out loud, you could Google me and find out where I spoke. And just lie and just say, yeah, I saw your great speech at, you know, wherever you found Google said I spoke recently. And like, well, how do I know? You think I'm going to check the attendance records to see if you were really (laughs) at the Gartner conference? And so, you know, do something like that and tie it to hockey or tie it to, you know, you read my book so you know I'm interested or something like that. Oh, my God. You could take a selfie in an Australian ceiling mirror. <laughs> you could do that. Say, yeah, here's my selfie with my mirrored bed. Yeah, I mean, you know, at least it shows that you did the homework, right? I mean, is that too much to ask? Let me ask you, Guy, for the person that's not coming like with a, like assistant or something like that, like you're explaining, you know, my client, like if it was just me, Kamanzi, trying to connect with Guy. And let's say, because I, I write for a few places, guy, like I write for the Huffington Post. If I wrote yeah. an article about the Huffington Post all about you, just like, you know, saying guy is the greatest thing ever, and then I sent that to you, would I be able to get through to you? You would, but I would not advise doing that because, you know, I'm not looking for that kind of suck up. I mean, okay. what, would, what would be – I think people have to understand that influencers, at least me anyway, I'm always <laughs> looking for great content. Believe it or not, you know, I'm looking for stuff. I just don't believe that the Blow Away by Joe Blow, published by Blow Press, is good content. So if you wrote an article about, hey, guy, I know you're from Hawaii. I know you're visiting the islands all the time. I just wrote this piece, you know, the 10 best places to eat in Maui. Okay? I would pay attention to that. So it doesn't have to be sucking up to me. You just have to show some value. So, you know, this is the 10 best iOS 10 or whatever iOS, whatever iOS is on, like eight, the 10, best iOS, the 10 best iOS tips or the 10 best lollipop Android tips or the 10 places you have to eat in Honolulu before you die or, you know, give me content that it should pass what Peg and I call the reshare test. So you tell me that you wrote an article and this article should be so good that when, you know, people post it, other people will repost it. That's, you know, because am I willing to risk my reputation that something that you wrote for the Huffington Post called the 10 best places to eat in Hawaii, are you willing to risk your reputation by resharing it? And assuming you're not a psychopath, if it does pass that test, probably we would share it too. Guy and Peg, this has been amazing. We really appreciate this. Again, the book is The Art of Social Media, Power Tips for Power Users. I'm going to start with Peg and then end with you, Guy. Do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? Final thoughts. Experiment and test things and have fun with your social media. Okay. Now my turn? (laughs) Yes, sir. Too bad because I was going to say the same damn thing. (laughs) (laughs) He was going to say buy our book. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. Well, that's true. Now my advice is make sure that every post you make has either a graphic or a video. Literally everyone. It'll double your engagement right there. 
Well, well said. Peg and Guy, thank you so much for being on the show and best wishes with the book launch. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Experiment and test things and have fun with your social media.